Don't call to come back. I've been here for years, rocking my peers and putting suckers in fear, making tears rain down like a monsoon. Let the bass go boom. Ladies and gentlemen, it is I, Michael Howard Hofeld, the Fish Cake King. I am back. I have been on hiatus for a long time. I have missed talking to all of you. So I'm back. I don't know if anybody's going to listen. Uh, if you do, thanks. Uh, I love to talk to you. Uh, just, just some shit that I just need to get off my chest. So I am here. Uh, this is the origination of the show was all about daily fantasy sports, which I probably started I don't know five, five plus years ago when I just had too much to say, and, uh, and right before the peak of the industry. Um, and you know, I got to witness a lot of stuff going on, and there's still shit going on. I have to admit, I don't play as much. Daily Fantasy as I once did because it's just not a fun game for me. Uh, you know, you all are great uh, at Daily Fantasy. I'm very good at, like, uh, a new game picking up on uh, the inefficiencies quickly and, and figuring out how to solve the puzzle. And then when it gets into that second or third level of uh, genius level minutia and, and finding edge, it just is something that either I'm not good at or I don't care. Uh, anyway, that, that's besides the point. I still love the DFS community. I love the sports betting community, which is kind of, they're kind of merging into one. It's like it's almost like you know the 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 world is like a sprinkle of DFS, a sprinkle of sports betting, a sprinkle of poker, a sprinkle of sports, a sprinkle of crypto. I don't really follow crypto, but it just seems like all these worlds collide. And uh, I just like talking about them. So, all right. So one of the things that 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 brought me to talk today is was the scandal, quote unquote scandal, about the bachelor couple who won a million dollars on DraftKings. Now I know there have been thirty seven different podcasts or uh, about this, and every major heavyweight in the industry has weighed in uh, about this. And I, you know. Whether you like care about my take or not, I mean, you're listening, so I guess you care. Uh, my take is rules matter or they don't. It's as simple as that, which is, hey, come on. I mean, you, have, you, you get into this world of, of arguing whether you can prove whether they did this or not. They did it. But whether you can prove it or not, that's really kind of secondary, especially for people who play. Like, the whole point is that we want to play a game with the same rules, right? That's that's it. Set the rules, let me know what they are, uh, and I'll play by them. I mean, if you're, if you're just not going to enforce rules, then why have them? Uh, and I think it's important with this specific rule to kind of look at its genesis, which kind of comes from the time when DFS was having all the struggles with legality. So... Uh, part of what happened was there was legislation initially in Massachusetts, which was kind of like a code of conduct for the sites to try to make it fair for the players. And uh, one of the the pieces in there was about uh, entry limitations. And I think it was something along the line, like it couldn't be more than 3% or uh, I forget what the exact number was, but th that was kind of the point. Crazy. I think my, I think I can literally pick my dog uh, chewing up on chewing his uh, his bone on the floor. Like I, I 
the sound. So I apologize if you can hear Russell chewing on his his hoof on the floor. Uh, uh, he is farting at the same time. So, and those of you who are un- unindoctrinated, Russell is my English bulldog. He's four years old. He runs my life. He's the reason I don't podcast as much as I used to, or really um, play sports as much. He, he, you know, he's like my child. Uh, he is like. A four-year-old special needs mute child. Um, anyway, I've been taking him back and forth to the best vets in the world to just find out that he's fat uh, and has arthritis, just like his dad. Anyway, so we were talking about the DFS, you know, the the, the genesis of this. Which So the idea was that uh, some legislator somewhere came up with a concept that um, a certain amount of entries w- limited uh, would allow... A more fair playing field. It was it was about consumer protection for DFS players. Great, you know, like I I, I think that um, DraftKings and FanDuel at the time had a lot of say in kind of like you know three percent was like the critical mass of uh, where it would be, and I, I and and I think it was originally five hundred, and then they kicked it down to one fifty um, because they figured they I think that was the number where they we're not going to lose business and we can still keep the prize pools as high as they are. So uh, I think, you know, this is how it ended up. And, and as DFS went from state to state, becoming fully legal, these type of guidelines got, in, you know, instituted in actual laws. And so when people go and say, well, this is a, 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 TO, a TOS issue in terms of service on DraftKings, sometimes yes, sometimes no. There's, and there are actual laws that are being broken. I don't. Again, this is not a courtroom drama or a game of gotcha. I'm just trying to explain it, right? Which is that uh, if you're going to have rules that are meant to protect the players, they should mean something and they should be enforced. And the real question now is who is going to stand by and try to enforce them? Who gains by this, right? Who gains by actually enforcing this law? Uh, Well, you know DraftKings doesn't because DraftKings wants as many entries as possible. Um, they want to be able to push it up. They, they, they never wanted this limit in the first place. I think they came onto the idea of shearing the sheep instead of slaughtering it way late. And I still don't think they care much about that. I really, I almost feel like DFS is a, uh, is just a feeder into sports betting. And if you look at the numbers and where their spend is, it kind of is. Um, and you can also look at the way FanDuel has changed as a company uh, to see that it is. So they don't, they don't really care about the players. Um, they, they, they don't. They just don't care about the players, and they, they care enough that they want to keep you around. But what they've realized is they run a casino, and that gamblers are going to gamble, and that they they own the monopoly on daily fantasy sports as it is. So if you want to play daily fantasy sports, you're pretty much going to play at DraftKings. So they have nothing to gain. Now you have the legislatures who could say, oh, okay, you know, who really... Uh, they're protecting their people. Are there that many people that really care about this? No, there really aren't. And you also have money on the other side, which is DraftKings or FanDuel. Um, uh, you know, so really it would come down to a turd in the punch bowl. Somebody who doesn't like DraftKings um, and wants to see them taken down and they also don't have a stake in Daily Fantasy. So they, they want to see Daily, Daily Fantasy taken down a peg. I don't know who is that, right? Um, and they, they have to have the political power and they have to have the money behind them to really go after it. That, that's who would um, be the person to come after. So that, that's why ultimately I don't see anything happening from this. 
I think it just like every other major quote unquote scandal, it goes away. Um, you know, it's one of the podcasts I want to do in the near future is about DFS scandals and, you know, do they matter? I mean, did they matter? And the, and, and kind of how that correlates with the idea of was, was there ever way, a way to save daily fantasy from what it's become? Right. Um, because I, I do think it's just super duper sharp. And I think a lot of the fun has been boiled out of it. But I guess that's one man's opinion. Uh, I, I know from the smart players I know that the edge has, you know, way disappeared. Uh, it still exists for, for smart players. And that's the nature of a market, which a market as it matures gets tougher. You have to learn um, new ways to, to, to make money. Uh that's again. It's it's just not as much fun. It's just who wants to grind out a one percent edge or two percent edge or three percent edge. I know that um, I saw Bird Wings, and I don't know if he stuck to this, where he said he was quitting, and he also did an Ask Me Anything, where he said, "Okay, anybody have any questions? Uh, ask me anything uh, uh, about it." And one of my questions was, "Hey, if you could get uh, you know, 30% break back or 3% of your entries back, would that change what you're doing? And he's absolutely, I would play. And, and you know, that's one of those things that if you were not a big player or you weren't a, a high volume player, you maybe didn't realize what was going on a few years ago. Whereas, okay, they were, I mean, the rake has gone up. The crazy, that's the crazy part. The rake has gone up and the rewards have gone down. So there was a time where DraftKings was charging 10% rake and they were giving back some players 70% of that. So imagine now if you're only getting, I don't even know what it is, 1%. So like if you were a break-even player before, you could make 7% on your, on your, of your entries back. Now you'd make 1%. Now also imagine the amount of people that fall into the, the idea of they were slightly losing players, but they were winning because of rate back and also overlay. So you know, that's, it, people want to say that DFS has gotten tough because of... Uh, you know, the idea that the players are super sharp. It has. I mean, that is a big part of it. I mean, people get smarter. But the other part is just, uh, the, the, you know, the where the, the ecosystem and how the money works, which is uh, you need fresh money coming in. And at one point, uh, there were a lot of fresh new players. And the other part was the amount of overlay and venture capital money that was coming in, you know, b between DraftKings and FanDuel, they spent like, what, $3 billion, and then you had the other smaller sites like uh, Fantasy Aces, Draft Day, and uh, Fantasy Draft, you know, other tons of other, other than Fantasy Draft, that are all roadkill now. Um, so, you know, that as that money gets sucked out, that's just money that, that has to be made up somewhere else. And, and also, like I said, rake goes up. Uh, you know, when I first started, I think rake was in a GPP. See, I don't know how to calculate rake on a common ground, I mean, I don't know how to calculate rake. I come from a poker, uh, I came from this, from an internet poker thing, where it's like, we entered a $100 tournament, we paid $9 on top of it. So it's $109, 100 went to the to the, the prize pool, $9 went to the house. So I always thought of that as 9% rake, you know, 109. Um, and the way you look at it now, if you look at it the same way, is when I first started, it was 10%. So it was like, uh, you know, you would pay uh, 100 and... $10 and 100 would go to the pot. Now it's 116. 
uh, and 16 goes to the house and 100 goes to the pot. That is an enormous shift. I know it seems like just a few bucks, but you combine the shift, the change in rake, the lack of overlayer, and the decre decreasing of rewards. It, it You could look at a time where the percentage of overall winning, winning or profitable players in DFS could have been, I don't know, at one point, 15, 20%, and now it could be three. So that's an, you know, that's a drop of 80% of, of players who are profitable. How does this relate back to the scandal? The scandal is all about the idea of fairness and about people wanting to be winning players. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. Like, I mean, that, and that's the argument, which is like, uh, you know, did they cheat? Yeah, of course. I mean, cheat. What does cheat mean? They, they didn't cheat. They didn't like, you know, fix the deck. They didn't. They didn't. Uh, you know, post. You know, the lineups weren't put in after the games or something like that. Um, you know, you know the. Again, I, I want to really talk about some of those old scandals because it's just really amazing that uh, we just let them go um, because the old scandals really were something. This is just bullshit. This is bullshit. And I mean, I want them to enforce the rules, um, but they're not going to. Like I said before, there's nobody to gain unless you had, there used to be like somebody like PokerStars, but that's, that doesn't even exist anymore in, in that level. But it would have to be like an, an alternative uh, sports book who hates DraftKings and wants to take them down a peg. And that's just not going to happen. Just not going to happen. And it's just smarter for DraftKings to do what they're doing now, which is just like, let it just simmer and let people find something else to focus on and get pissed off about. And, you know, where, you know, when it started, a million people cared about it. In a week, 10,000 people will care about it. It's just, it's just the nature of, of the way, you know, the news cycle works. So I, I'm not here to try to, put, you know, crop it back up. I really don't care. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I used to really, these type of things used to get me angry. Um, it, I'm, now I'm just like more curious. I feel like a fucking, uh, I, man, I can't think of, like I'm, I'm doing an autopsy on, 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 on the element of DFS. It's not looking at it from the inside and fighting and trying to save it. Now I'm just like, all right, you know, what was, what was the, the reason for death? Uh, what was cause of death here? And I, I'm not saying I'm not saying DFS is dead. It's not. It's it's. There have been so many booms in different areas in my life where you see these things. Where you know, there's a million wine bars, there's, there's a million cigar bars, and then eighty percent of them go out of business. But guess what? They're um, now ten times more than there used to be. So like, daily fantasy is going to be around. It's going to be a nice size. I think without uh, some sort of innovation in games, which I, I mean, I think the showdown's the closest thing to it. Um, but I, I, I don't really see a way for uh, fantasy to, to kind of get that second boost. The other part is like, is, and I've said is just linking it to sports betting. Um, I, I don't know how many of you live in jurisdictions where sports betting is legal. I live in one now in New Jersey. I moved from Florida to New Jersey because of my fat bulldog hated the heat. Um, it's just weird to watch the fact that it's just like, I mean, on there are Sixers games, and they run a secondary uh, secondary broadcast. So they have two channels, TV channels, and the second one is called BetCast, where there are three mooks on there 
who are just look like they were two of them look like they were bookies two weeks ago, um, and they're just talking about the bets on the games as the game is happening, the, the over under for the quarter, the assist totals, the whatever. It's actually not that entertaining. It's just there to kind of incite people to bet. But how much this is immediately being interwoven into our culture is amazing. The funny part about for me is that I'm still betting on Bovada. Um, it's so weird. It's where I win. It doesn't make any sense. This isn't even like in poker. I used to win on poker. I mean, lose on poker stars and win on full tilt. I mean, at least there, there were different players. I have no idea why I'll deposit money on on uh, FanDuel in New Jersey. I'll lose it. I cannot kill my uh, Bovada account. I've I've tried it many times over the years, and I've won a few big futures um, that have have reinvigorated. I've have withdrawn money. I've done every. I, anytime I get all in, I I. Uh, I win it. I can say it is. I, I did zombie it a few weeks ago uh, with the Seahawks against the Eagles. It was all in again, and uh, I won. Uh, and if, you know, I think that two point, no, no, the, the I think I was almost all in again on the Seahawks uh, Green Bay, and I think that two-point conversion saved me. I will be all in again this weekend because NBA has not been kind to me. I I'm a, sh- I am a, it's weird because I talk to people on Twitter about this where it's like, I believe I pick winners. Um, I have no sense of it, but I only play parlays for the most part. I will, I do make some straight bets, but like, man, I am just, I just love parlays. And I, and I you know, I, I was working on a, on a show um, called Long Shot Bets because I think there are a whole group of us out there that would rather win $200 every 10 bets than half of our twenty dollar, you know, you know, ten twenty dollar bets. It, it's just I want, and I'm using that number for for whatever it is for anybody. Is that like I want when I win for it to mean something, and when I lose, I don't care. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, if I bet twenty dollars, I don't care if I lose. Um, but if I win two hundred dollars, I would actually, I feel like I'd buy a meal or something. And and the and the numbers vary depending on you know. Uh, how I feel and whatever. Sometimes it's much higher. I don't think it gets much lower than that. But uh, it's just the way I like to play. And I think there are other people out. I know there are other people out there like that, which they they want the number when they win to matter to them on some level. Uh, they are not looking to accumulate um, five percent wins <clears throat> week after week. It's just the nature. And I and and I I tried it last season where I said, okay, now I'm going to go to straight bets. I'm going to increase my straight bets, do it larger. And I got destroyed. And I don't I don't know if somehow my selection changes as basically my risk, my dollars risks get higher um, because uh, you know uh, there are some other things like uh, round robin bets that you can do that are kind of a, a mixture of the two. But I don't know. Again, I'm. I'm digressing, but I mean, I hope, like, I hope your sports betting, like, I, I, the transition from playing DFS to betting on sports is a lot of fun. Um, DFS is a pain in the fucking ass to, to maintain all the information um, up until lock or whatever it is. I mean, the NBA is just a nightmare, which is by far my favorite sport. 
just as far as the DFS board, it's just the variance in score and the and the and the injury news and all that other shit. Just it just does not not suit it. I don't play it at all because I just know that I'm a disaster. But I bet on the NBA almost every day, and I I do okay. Um, you know, when I bet the right team, there have been two times in the last few weeks where I've literally misclicked. The other night I bet Indianapolis against the Sixers, and I somehow bet the first half instead of the game, and they lost the first half, and, and it cost me two, a three-team and a 14 parlay, and that's fun um, because I never bet halves. Like, I might bet a half a couple times a year, so it's not like I'm, like, you know, I'm not sieging it. I'm not like, oh, I would have or should have done this. No, that's just what I do. I don't bet halves. I, I also love live betting underdogs in uh, in basketball because I do think it's an inefficiency in the market that basketball comebacks are much greater. I do think they've also moved that they, they don't get as severe. I think you you know if you're going to bet it, um, the, the it's actually kind of flip-flop, which is a team has a huge lead in the first half. I think you're better uh, betting the team with the lead. And then in the second half, I think you're better off betting the underdog. And, uh, you know, but I'm not smart enough to, to run the numbers on that. And uh, it's, it's funny. I was listening to a, po- a Joe Rogan podcast the other day. He had um, Artie Lang on a few months ago. And he was and Artie was talking about gambling. And he was just like, gambling to me is fun when I just pick something. The more research I do, the less it becomes gambling and fun. It's, it's like a job. And the... There are plenty of people out there who approach it that way, and I, I think that's awesome. Like, if you want to invest the time and the energy to feeling like you have an edge, I think that's that's excellent. Um, I, that's just the, not what suits me. Like, I, I kind of have to be all in or all out, which is is like um, my picking is just purely my human computer of remembering shit that has happened. And sometimes I'll be like, I remember the shit that happened yesterday. I remember the, you know, the, the Magic beat the, the Lakers. And I'll be like, yeah, but people are now are going to bet on the, on the Magic because of that. So I'm going to go to the Cl- Like, I'll like almost, you know, uh, like whatever, uh, reverse psychology myself. I don't care, though. Like, I really don't care. And, and, you know, my original point was about the, the transition from DFS to sports betting is I I care way more about the games now and yeah i mean i care about a game that's a blowout or you know especially football is football is the best game in my opinion to bet on it's not the best dfs sport and, and pro football just because of the, the way scores uh, affect the line um and in basketball again you, you can have a 19 point league with uh, four minutes left, and they, they cannot cover. This break could be five just because one team gives up and they're not fouling. It's not really the nature of the game. There are there are garbage touchdowns in football, but it's not the same nature. Like doesn't doesn't completely change the game the way basketball does. Basketball's last few minutes are are awful from that respect. Um, but still, I'm I'm I care about the game, and I I do also like to bet the money line a lot. Because then I'm betting on the victor of the game. And that is so different than um, Daily Fantasy. Because in that, it's like, you you know, it could be a great game. And you, the guy you have is on the bench. And you're like, fuck this. I don't even want to watch it. Like, why would that be true? Like, you've now taken the fun out of a good game in sports. And it's, if you're, you know, I found it hard to divorce myself from the two things. Like, be like, ah, whatever, he's on the bench, but this is a great game. No, I'm just like, get 
fucking LeBron back in the game. I need points. Um, so now with, with betting on the games, it's just better. And I also have to admit, in, in football specifically, I love betting totals. Because then it's just like, I don't, I'm fine. like, you're not even handicapping the game. You're just like, I think they're going to score a lot. Fuck it. Or, eh, I don't think they're going to score a lot. Like, this is so much easier than, well, you know, I'm going to pair the stars and the scrubs, and I'm just, you know, I think there's going to be a high pace in this game. Nah, dude, you, you, you just, and, and the other part, like I said, now you, like, I, the way I would do my football parlays is, is yes, I would have some idea of, uh, of who I liked or whatever, but the way in which I would create parlays was my own uniqueness, which I'd be like, all right, I'm going to create a parlay. I'm only betting on the, this parlay is going to be only games that have the AFC team at home. And then I'm going to be like, I'm only going to, I would only bet late games or I'm only going to bet East coast games. This one, the, the, it was just my way of creating a variable, which would allow me to have more ways to win. Yes, I was still picking the same things, but it was just a way to to use luck to isolate out some losers. Um, and I also bet a lot of teasers too, which I can't have. These are all losing propositions, and I've won money in football this season, and great. I, that, that could be the good side of variance, but the amount of entertainment that I've gotten out of it is astonishing. And I, I can tell you that... Um, I think I actually won a little bit in DFS this year, purely from the showdown slates, uh, showdown slates of the first few weeks, and then I quit. I will play uh, DFS golf, and I, you know, when I'm bored, I throw in DFS basketball. But I, it's literally just firing money into a well. Um, so you know, one of the other things that has been interesting to watch uh, is just been kind of the collapse of the tout industry in DFS or whatever. It collapse. It's just a bad word. Uh, it just, uh, listen, as it gets, as it's harder for people to make money, it's harder for touts to exist, people are will, less willing to pay. It's just fucking the nature of markets. Just, um, you know, so what you see is a lot of people retiring from DFS or um, retiring from touting or starting their own site or doing whatever. And the truth is you just can't make money out of it. And like, I'm, this is not a slight on them. Like that's that, that. This is how the fucking world works. Let's just be realistic. Um, but some of the shade has just been crazy. Um, the fantasy cruncher shit. Those people can go fuck themselves. And I had to. It's it's rare. Like I'm a uh, Twitter tough guy. I'm a hothead and whatever. And I'm you know uh, I'm not afraid of people. And I don't start fights. And I'm not I'm not sitting here. I'm not. Uh, some of the other guys out here, I'm like, I'll, I'll take a crowbar to the head or whatever. But there was some shit said that was so over the line, so over the line, that I, I wanted to get involved and physically and hurt some people because they were going after people in a way that 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 good people that I knew would not would know that it's wise to just not defend themselves because these are just bad people. But they were just so nasty that the fantasy cruncher people deserved bad things to happen to them. And listen, some of the claims that were made about you know business dealings and whatever is like I, 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 you've no concept of how much I've been fucked by other companies in business. That's the game. That's business. Business evolves, and and if you're not prepared for it, yeah, you can have you can be bitter and have sour rage. You can move on and do something different, or you can get better. I, I don't know what else to tell you. 
And if you if somebody really has done something illegal, you fucking sue them and you get money. I'll tell you one thing you don't do is you don't go on Twitter and air their and air their business. And um, you know if I ever I don't know why I would ever find myself in a, in a place with the owner of Fantasy Country or his fucking cunt wife. You heard me. Um, I'll be happy to fight. I may lose. I may lose. I may get my ass kicked and get embarrassed. But I'll tell you, you want to talk about my friends like that, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm at least going to try. This is just simple. I'm at least going to try. You know, if I end up bloody and ugly, I can live with that. Um, But people like that cannot be allowed to just roam the earth and act the way they have acted. Simple. And I hate Siege. I fucking hate that guy. Hate him. Hate him. I I mean, and I... All right, so, you know... Wow, if you're still listening, I love you. You're great. I really do. Because I'm just I'm just I'm just fucking rolling now. The the DC Randone fight, like, who cares? The fuck is this guy? Like DC is like a long term legend in DFS. He is I can't I I, I I honestly I don't follow it enough to know on what level DC is still competing and whatever and how much he's a personality and and uh and and working for Guru Elite, and I love DC, and and he he he's a habitual line stepper, but he knows how to walk back and forth on that line, of yeah maybe I stepped over the line, let me apologize, and everybody knows my heart is in the right place type of guy. But I mean, but when he was going to fight Siege the last time, I talked to Tommy and DC, and I said, listen guys, if he fights, I'll put up money. I'll be there. I'll support it. Whatever I said, but you guys have to promise me one thing: is if he backs out, you don't do anything other than just never breathe the guy's name again. And I'm doing it here. I'm doing the wrong thing here, which is I am using his name, which is all he wants. But like without DC and Empire Maker and Tommy bringing up Siege's name, nobody cares. That's it. Who the fuck is Arbor Pro and Fantasy Cruncher? Who the fuck, who the fuck is this guy? And who the fuck cares? Like, he's a, you know, and and another guy. You, you want an undercard? I'll fucking fight that. I never met him in my life. Might even like him. Um, and uh, I'd fight him. I just, I just, it's just something about him that rubs me the wrong way. And I, I wish he would just go away. And I'm, God, I wish I hadn't even gone down this path because... I don't, I, we are the air that he fucking breathes. His, every comment about him, every whatever. So, you know, that's just the way it is. And that, I mean, this is kind of the, the, the evolution of touts is that they we used to have all these fun shows and, and, and people doing cool things and, and, um, and people supporting each other. And now it's just, you know, because it's hard to make money and people are bitter and, and all these other things and, um, you just see the knives are out and people are going after each other. And it's a shame. This is, this is the, 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 again, the nature of markets and like, um, it, it, it's the way it goes. And I think it's just going to get worse. Um, you know, they, they listen, uh, I, there are people I love in the industry that I, I don't even necessarily, we have, uh, differences and all the things like one of my favorite people is big T. Um, we've done TV podcasts and I follow big team. We have, we have a lot of differences on a lot of different things. And, and, but I just like the way he goes about it. And, you know, he's willing to say, I like this, I like this and I'll, I'll defend it and have fun with it. 
and he's not an attention whore and, and all these other things. And he, at times, his opinions will frustrate me. Dean, same way. But, I mean, those those are those are fun guys. Those are guys that I, I root for and I hope to do great. And, you know, um, you know, I, they're... I mean, there are plenty of people in DFS that I love and I hope do well, and, and for the most part. Um, but, you know, so the, the, the DC random fight, which is, if it's in New Jersey, I'm going to go. Uh, for a simple reason of, if, I'm, I'll say I'm going to go, I'm going to go if other people go. I'm going and treating it like a convention or a reunion type of thing, where it's a bunch of people in, in DFS that I would know, and we, I would get to see them, and, and uh, it would be nice to either meet them or see them again. Um, outside of that, I would have no interest because I have no idea who Randon is, and I, and, he, and who is is. I mean, I, I had seen. He, I don't follow him or whatever, um, and I'd seen some of the stuff he posted. He doesn't seem like the type of person that I would get along with. Not just not a generally bad, like not a bad guy. Just we look at life differently. We we're different generations. Well, that was great. You're happy. I'm happy for you. Whatever, and all the shit that happened with the bachelor stuff, like. I mean, I, I, I don't know why it mattered to, to him. I mean, I, it, my immediate question was, was like, is he the one putting up the money? Somehow are these people being staked by um, him or the people he works with? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how staking deals work anymore. And there's been a lot of question about pooling of money. And, man, that's just, again, there's... There's going to be a ton of it. There's just, I mean, especially in in GPP sides because it's high variance. Like, think about the smartest thing to do, right? And there have been tons of teams and tons of swappings and all these stuff for years. So I don't know, but that's that's like with Rando. That was, and I, for all I know, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right. And I don't, I don't know why he's called the general. Um, and I, I really don't care about the fight. Um, I really don't. Because I don't know this guy, and I don't, I don't especially feel like he needs to get his ass kicked for something that he did. Um, I, I, but I do think that any DFS fight should be loser leave town. They should all be loser leave town. Which is, you, if you lose, you're somehow excommunicated. All right, sound fun. Um, you know who I'd love to fight? I'd love to fight Vegas Dave. I, I that's just that's just silly. Like I don't I don't want to fight anybody. I told you that I wanted to, uh, I, the fantasy crusher people make me, they stir up things inside of me that are, are rare, and I feel that way. Um, Vegas Dave does too, but not in the same way. Not, not at all. Like, actually, like, one of my favorite things to do is to just think of, like, brainstorm, uh, like, final chapters for Vegas Dave. Like, we all know this is going to be a train wreck, right? Like, we know that, like... Um, you know, it's going to be a mugshot of him in, in whatever, 12 to 36 months of doing something or whatever, or, you know, he's missing in, in Peru or, or whatever. Um, it's going to end badly. And I, I, I just love just kind of sitting there and brainstorming out. Like I see him doing a show, like what is it? Like Lefty Rosenthal, like, or whatever, like a H Rothstein from casino. Um, like after he's somebody tried to kill him or whatever, he's just, like, you know, there's, there's so many ways that this can end up. Um, he could buy his own, uh, arena football franchise. I mean, there you just, it's just a fun story to watch. And, uh, you know, it's been great lately because, now there's a lawyer who's out there who's trying to do a class action against Vegas Dave, and and I, I don't I, listen. I I don't know 
if he's like, listen, I know he's a liar. Uh, he's a liar. I mean, uh, you know, he's posted out pictures of of tickets that aren't his. Um, people, I've seen people where they he basic they claim that he is emailing half of his people one set of picks and the other half of people another set of picks. So then, at the end of the day, he can claim he was right. And then this, honestly, this is the this tout scam. I don't know why I never thought of it before. And uh, and sports betting Twitter is way smarter than DFS Twitter, by the way, because they're all just handling it. like they're like if I if I've made it in sports betting, like it's all about finding edges and small edges and seeing how things people do things. And the, and the greatest example was like somebody was just like, all right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to start out with 16 Twitter accounts and I'm going to pick, you know, eight games or whatever it is or 16 games for, you know, eight games and I'm going to pick both sides the first week. And then the second and then the eight that get eight Twitter accounts that get it wrong, uh, I, I never touch them again. The second week I, I pick another, uh, what I, so I have eight, eight Twitter accounts. I pick four games and I, and basically the four that are wrong I get rid of. And at the end of whatever, uh, Five weeks, you're gonna have somebody who's like five and zero, oh, and you're gonna have one Twitter account. And you're gonna be able to say I'm five and zero, oh. and you can kind of take this to an extreme where it's like if you wanted to have somebody uh, who was seven and zero oh on lock bets in football, it's just uh, it's there's a brute force method of creating a tout that does this, and that's why uh, it those type of things just don't matter. And I, and I've you know you I watch some of the back and forth of, of of between the sharps in sports betting and the touts where the you know they try to like corner each other where the, the the sharps try to corner the touts because I don't know why they I mean I don't know why they care um, I guess it's just like me it's like why do I care about any of this shit it's like it's just it just bothers them um, and it's just fun because they they know that the, the the, the touts are full of shit, and the touts get smarter, and then they're and and the sharps just out them. They're just like, okay, you're basically changing the lines. You're telling us to bet a line that's minus four when the line is really minus. It opened at minus four, but it's now at minus seven. Um, so you're you're adding in all this closing line value. Um, so you know your your picks are bullshit. It's 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 it, it's it's kind of <coughs> fun to watch. Is what I would say, and if you, I mean, I Rufus Peabody and Spanky and Captain Jack Andrews and all those guys that I follow on Twitter, they're they're really interesting and in depth. And man, somebody tweeted out something the other day which was like, I don't even know who wrote the article, and I apologize for it, but it was like an article about the guy who owned five dimes and about how like he was kidnapped in Costa Rica and eventually they found his body dead. And he was it, it was just it's like a crazy story. It was like makes. It's a movie, but it's better than a movie, and you're just like, holy shit, um, you know. Again, so sports betting is littered with uh, fun stories, and it's an interesting time, again, as we transition from something was uh, where you had to be exiled from the United States and live in Costa Rica to now you're going public with a $3 billion corporation with uh, DraftKings. Uh, that's a whole, again, that's something else I will tackle eventually. The idea of the reverse IPO of DraftKings is interesting at best um you know it's it's just something if you look into that uh, reverse ipos are rare and they're usually not they're either done in the 
absolute best of circumstances or usually in sketchy circumstances because uh, in the best of circumstances, it's just like we don't give a fuck. We just want to get in the market and uh, we have a ton of money and we'll do it. It's usually not done the way that they're doing it now. This is usually when you're trying to take advantage of hype and and what you have now, which is a very strong uh, stock market. So, I mean, again, more power to them. I like it just... At some point, I, that's something I wanted to just talk about. It's just like, how fucking DraftKings just ran everybody over. They, it just, they took, um, they, they took a million chances and, and, and won almost all of them. And that's, that, kudos to them. They're, they're, you know, company's worth whatever. Uh, I don't, I don't know what part of it DraftKings is worth $3 billion. Um, and, <clears throat> it reminds me of the time that, you know, I'm now unblocked by John Aguilar, and, uh, but the, when I did get blocked by him was uh, they were talking about something about what DraftKings has, they had done, and you know, I said the easiest way to make a small fortune is to start with a large one. Because, um, again, DraftKings spent $2 billion to become a $2 billion corporation. That's not... Is that hard? Um, in, in, in actuality, it was, but it was probably unnecessary. So, again, I'm going to revisit that. <clears throat> later so anyway i'm working on all sorts of ideas for podcast um concepts inside of this and today is really meant to be just like a welcome back like i hope you enjoy listening to me uh i'm i had shut down the actual feed on the fresh fish dfs and i'm gonna try that's the whole point of today so i'm gonna try to relaunch this on that exact feed so if you're subscribing there and then i'm just gonna diversify from there i just miss shooting the shit uh with people try to get some guests on i'm gonna uh see what else i can do i'm gonna talk more about sports betting um i will uh one of the main things i will use this for as a platform for rebuttal which is that is the thing that i uh need this outlet for which is there are so many times where i listen to something or read something and i'm like um bullshit and i need a uh a, a place to just get that out of uh, just be like good god and that's part of what today is like this is my rebuttal to to that dfs scandal which is like doesn't fucking just doesn't fucking matter it just doesn't fucking matter like i mean I, yes it rules if you're going to have rules, you got to enforce them. Guess what? They're not going to enforce them. Nobody's going to enforce them. The, the only people that care about it is just a small, small group. And the people that can do anything about it are either the legislators or DraftKings themselves. And neither of them are incentivized to do anything about this. Um, they're just trying to mitigate uh, liability at this point. That's it. That's all they're trying to do, and it's that's what business is. And I know that's not fun. That's not exciting DFS talk, and it doesn't lead to, you know, fights and other stuff. But it, it's just smart. A lot of the fighting in DFS is over. It's over. They want, like there there is fighting to be had in sports betting, and that's that's the only way that you're going to see this become a bigger issue. Is one of the DraftKings sports betting book competitors uses it to fuck with them, and maybe they will, maybe they won't. Uh, I don't know. We shall see. But I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna try to do some more podcasts. I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna talk more about. I'm, I'm gonna write down my Vegas Dave final chapters, and I'm hoping that some people will chime in. And I, there are some people out there who love um, Vegas Dave watching as much as I do. 
Um, how does he do it? How does he do it? And I'm going to try to get some on and we're just going to talk about it um, because, like, the, just, like, I want to brainstorm, like, the next chapter. Like, I want to treat him like he was the, um, you know, the first three Star Wars movies and then we're going to write the next three. We can, I mean, we can even do a prequel or then we can do a sequel, but that's that's just too much fun to leave alone. And before he totally flames out and is, is uh, non-existent, I, I, I want to do that. So... Uh, for today, I'm just going to say, uh, wow, I can't believe you're listening, you stupid fuck. Um, and outside of that, I love you all, and I hope you're having an amazing day, and I will talk to you again soon. I am 